Amen. What beautiful music this morning. We're so grateful that we have such talented folks here. If you got your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 19, and we'll come back to that scripture in just a few moments, but I want to kind of set the stage this morning for what I want to share with you. Um, not to scare you, not to create a paranoia among you, but I want you to know someone is after you. Now, I know that we've heard that before, and it scares the living daylights out of us, but I want you to know that someone is after you. Now, I'm not trying to feed into that paranoia. This is not some government plot or conspiracy to take over. It's not even the new world order as we read in the book of Revelation. But I want you to know without a doubt, someone is following close behind you. Don't turn around and look. I know you want to. He's shadowing your every move. He's dogging your every step. And you can try your best to shake him. But you'll never do it. Until your dying day, he will be right there, unswaying, unstopping, and inescapable. Now, I know some of you are saying, boy, that kind of makes me sound like some kind of fugitive. <laughs> Wait, I know some of you are even saying, I know who he's talking about. You've got to be talking about the IRS. Of course, you've been talking about the end of the year, and then after Christmas comes the new year, and of course, Uncle Sam wants his portion but I'm not talking about the IRS. And by the way, yes, we're all some sort of fugitive. But the one following you is not a deputy. He's not even a private detective. He's not your enemy. He is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the one in which Scripture says to us that has come and to seek and to save those that are lost. So if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, I want to take you to Luke chapter 19. We're going to read a familiar story. This is kind of one of those kids' stories, if you would. I, I thought, you know, we'll, we'll use him. Um, Zacchaeus is one of those stories we love to tell our children. We love to teach this story in children's church and in Sunday school. It's about the wee little man, and we even have a song that we've made up and, you know, that talks about him. But I want you to hear the story in a different light. Scripture passage this morning is going to tell about the story of Zacchaeus and we'll use Zacchaeus' encounter with the Savior to learn how the Savior is coming for you. So if you've got your Bibles, let's stand together as we honor the reading of the Word of the Lord. I want to read Luke chapter, 10, verses 1, or chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And here's what it says. And for those of you that need it, it's on the screen. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press because he was of little statue. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he, he was to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. 
And he made haste, and he came down, and he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he has gone to the get to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, the Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusations, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to the house for as much uh, as he also is of the son of Abraham. For the son of man come to seek and to save that which was lost. Father, as we have gone through the Christmas season, we know that, Father, there were many that celebrated it, not because they were recognizing the birth of Christ, but they were recognizing a holiday, a time of giving of gifts and receiving of gifts and commercialized um, state of our country. And even as Rhonda shared, there are those that are more focused on the parties and the pleasures than on the purpose of a God who came to seek and to save those that are lost. Father, we know that someone is after us. We know that someone is dogging our every step wanting to draw us near to Him. We pray, Father, the Holy Spirit this morning would speak unto each of our hearts. And Lord, if God is closer than we think, if God is working harder than we know, if God is drawing more than we can stand, And Father, may we fall before you and stop running, stop hiding, and simply receive the gift that he has given unto us. Father, move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross that it not be my word, but your word that is proclaimed today. And may the Spirit of God speak to the hearts and lives and souls of men and women. Lord, may... We hear from you, O Lord, and be drawn closer to you. And if there's one that is lost, may they be found. One that is hiding, Lord, may they come out and they're hiding and find the God who is seeking them. Lord, do what only God can do. Touch the heart and soul of mankind. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the Bible tells us here in verse 10, the kind of the theme verse that I want us to focus on is that for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, the Bible is filled with stories of lost things that people went looking for greatest thing that was lost is humanity and God came looking for us. Jesus is the real focus of this story. It's not really Zacchaeus. Apart from Jesus, we would have never known anything about this man by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was nothing more than a two-bit hood, a fraud, a schemer, a a traitor, a small-time con artist who would have never made the front-page news. But it was Jesus 
that made him something. Except that someone was after him. Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the seeker and the Savior, not only was seeking him, but found him where he was hiding and told him to come out of his hiding place and make himself available for the Master. Although Jesus is a Savior, he is first and foremost a seeking Savior. He is looking for you. The Son of Man came to seek, and then he came to save that which he was seeking. Because he knew that we were lost and we could not find ourselves, we could not save ourselves, so he came to do what we could not do for ourselves. He came to do it for us. So what can we learn from this story of Zacchaeus? First of all, we can learn the Son of Man came to seek. To seek implies the intention and purpose of God. When we think about the manger, we we are reminded that God came that night with a purpose. And it wasn't just to be born into this world. It wasn't to be laid in a manger. It wasn't for shepherds to come. It was for humanity to seek Him out. And when we think about the, the, the cradle, we, we must be reminded that there was always a foreshadowing of the cross behind it. God came seeking those that needed Him most, and He did that as we talked about Friday night in our Christmas Eve service about coming to the shepherds, those lowly people, seeking them that no one else was seeking. To seek implies that God had an intention about it. It speaks of a diligent searching after and leaving no stone unturned. Some of you that are older here might remember back to one of the movies called The Fugitive. You remember in that movie, it's a picture of uh, of Deputy Marshal Gerard hot on the trails of the fugitive Dr. uh, Kimball. Remember, no matter where he went, it always was looking over his shoulder, and there he was. It seemed as though that every zig he zagged and every every rock he crawled under, there he was. It seemed as though that there was no place to hide. Marshall was hot on his heels. Why did Jesus come? Simply to seek. To seek those that needed to be found. You know, did you know that we don't naturally seek God? The Bible tells us that there is a yearning within all of us to seek. But the problem is in what we're seeking. You know, most of us oftentimes think of it in terms of people seeking after God. I hear, well, I found the Lord. Well, you may have found the Lord, but let me remind you, you only found him because he was looking for you. The thing is that the Bible tells us that in every one of us, there is an emptiness. A place in us that can't be filled by anything else in this world, but yet we are trying to fill it with everything else in this world. The various religions of the world show that there is a certain 
seeking in the heart of men. The Apostle Paul talks about it in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 17, and he says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He himself gives all men life and breath and everything else life. Paul continues, God did this so that men could seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Catch what Paul said. God was close to each of us. That's how we found him. And then Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6 reminds us that that, uh, he says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is, listen, near. But there is just one problem. When it comes to humanity seeking God, that we oftentimes are not. The psalmist reminds us in Psalms 14 and verse 2 says, The Lord looked down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there was any that understood, any who were seeking God. Well, leaves us a question. Are any seeking God? Paul gives us this answer as is written in in Romans chapter 3 verses 10 and 11. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who understands, no one who is seeking after God. You see, we don't naturally seek God. We seek to avoid Him or to escape Him. We fill the void that's within us with so many other things. We seek to fill it with everything but God. Sometimes we try to feel it with material things such as wealth, position, or status. Sometimes we try to fill it with the destructive things of life such as drugs and alcohol and promiscuity. Sometimes we even try to fill it with religious things such as idols or rituals or good works or charity. Oh, hang on, even church. Oh, yeah. We think if we can just fill that void by coming to church, we, we, we can, can just make that all go away. That emptiness will go away if I just show up enough Sundays. Let me remind you that all of the things that the world has to offer will always leave us hollow and empty. Rhonda said it best. Are we seeking a Savior Or are we seeking presents and holidays that just end up leaving us empty? But the truth is, none of us actually seek God on our own. We seek to fill our void, but only God can fill it. As the French philosopher Pascal said once, within every person there is a God-shaped vacuum that only God himself can fill. So did you know that we don't naturally seek God? But did you know that God is naturally seeking you? He has from the beginning of time. God looked down from heaven to see if there was anyone who would seek after him. And when he saw that there was none, he took it upon himself to come down and seek us. 
It's always been that way ever since sin entered into human race. Remember, what did Adam and Eve do once they realized that sin had entered in? They went running to God and said, God, you've got to fix us. No, they hid. When God cried out, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam was hiding in the garden. But God was seeking after him. The whole history of, uh, of salvation through the Bible shows us that God is the one who is doing the seeking. God sought Abraham and called out his people. Jacob wasn't looking for God. He was on the run. God there came seeking to meet him there at Bethel in a dream. And he said, even though Jacob knew that he wasn't seeking God... Genesis 28, verse 16 reminds us that Jacob said, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. Moses wasn't seeking God when he was tending sheep on the backside of Midian. In that wilderness, God came seeking him by setting a bush on fire and saying, Moses, come, seek me. And then through Moses, God called an entire nation out of bondage unto himself. And so the pattern continues throughout history. The pages of Scripture are filled all the way to the coming of the Messiah and even through the second coming of the Messiah. It's all about God seeking and looking for us. I want you to look around this morning and see that there are some empty seats here this morning. Now, I know some of them are normally filled by people who are on vacation or with their families and other activities, but I want you to look at it from this perspective. God has a person in mind for those seats. Every soul is important to God. And He wants to fill those seats not just this generation, not this next year, but every generation until he comes. That's how much God is seeking us. Generation after generation, he is looking to fill the seats with people, people that he has sought out, people that he has called out. The Son of Man came to seek. Now in our text this morning, we find in the story of Zacchaeus, we, many of us are familiar with it, and, but yet oftentimes we think Zacchaeus was looking for the Lord, but he wasn't. If you read the scripture very carefully, it says that he just wanted to see him. He wanted to know what was the hubbub about this bubbub. You know, what was the big deal? Zacchaeus wasn't seeking God. He had heard about Jesus and said, I need to kind of find out what's the deal with this guy. His curiosity got the better of him. He wanted to see him, but he wasn't looking for a direct confrontation. He got the surprise of his life, however, when Jesus stopped directly under that sycamore tree, looked up to where Zacchaeus was hiding and said, Little man, get down here. I got business to do with you today. You know, I remember driving through Jericho and uh, on the bus when I was there each time, and they stopped bef 
beside one of those sycamore trees that's over a thousand years old and I you know they say well we don't know but maybe this is the very tree that Zacchaeus climbed it's over thousands of years old these trees are just huge Zacchaeus wasn't trying to seek the Lord he was just trying to see the Lord while hiding out from the Lord Zacchaeus was convicted he was convinced of his wrongdoings and his need for forgiveness that day day after day God is seeking just the right time and the right place to find Zacchaeus to get to him you see the reality is that God was looking for Zacchaeus even though Zacchaeus wasn't looking for him it is evident in the fact that God had blessed him with sunshine and rain and health and life. Until that very day, it wasn't an accident that God looked up into that tree that day and saw Zacchaeus there. It didn't catch God by surprise where he was going to have dinner that night. He knew exactly where he was going to go. The Son of Man came to seek and he found Zacchaeus on that very day. But not only did the Son of Man come to seek, you know, it's one thing for God to seek us out and find us where we are, but then what is he going to do with us? What, what does he come? Has he come just to seek us out and to show us that, hey, I can find you? Um, I love playing hide-and-seek with my grandkids. You know, they think they're all it when they can find you. You know, even though you've, you didn't hide very well. <laughs> you know, you kind of made yourself obvious. Then they think they're real sharp when they hide so well that you can't find them. But did God just come to play hide and seek? Did God just come to say, listen, let's play a game of hide and seek. You go hide and I'll see if I can find you somewhere in this world. He didn't say, ollie ollie in free. Nope. Everybody don't get in free. Nope. Jesus came seeking, but also the Savior came to save. The Son of Man came so that he could save those that he was seeking. We have no need to fear him who seeks us, for he is a seeking Savior. But as a seeking Savior, he is also a saving Savior. Jesus did not come to condemn us, but to save us. We read that God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him, John 3, 17. Yes, we are all fugitives because we are all sinful. But Jesus came to seek us, not as a deputy looking to arrest us, not as a judge looking to condemn us, but as a Savior looking to save us. He seeks us as one willing to be able to pay the price for our sin. That's why the cradle always is foreshadowed by the cross. He seeks to save the ones who stands in our place and receive our sentence for us. The Son of Man came to seek and to save. Jesus didn't come to just offer us sympathy. I know you're stuck in your sin and I'm sorry that you've done it and I wish there was something that could be done about it. 
How many of us have said that to somebody? Boy, I'm really sorry about your situation. I wish I could do something about it. Jesus didn't come with sympathy. He came with a solution. He came to seek us out of our darkness and save us into his marvelous light. He wanted us to know that it's more than just an encouraging hand up. He didn't come to tell us that we're not so bad. Maybe we can make it after all. He didn't come to leave us in our sin and in our despair. He didn't come simply just to reform us. He came to save us. But what does He save us from? He came to save us from the destruction of our sin. He came to redeem us from the hopelessness of our life. He came to promise us life everlasting. You see, He came with meaning and purpose. He came to bring us back from the dead to give us new life. Take that which was dead and make it alive. Yes, we're fugitives, but Jesus came seeking us. Praise God, He didn't come to condemn me, but He came to save me. He's not just a seeking judge who can cast judgment, but He was a seeking Savior who said, I can redeem you from your sin. I can save you because I'm going to pay the penalty for your sin. You see, just as Jesus did not come to condemn us but to save us, once Jesus finds us where we're hiding, then is when we begin to seek Him out. You see, when we truly think that we have found the Lord, it's because He has found us where we were hiding. Remember, I said that no one seeks God. And that's why God came seeking us. When Jesus seeks you and finds you and saves you, guess what? Now you and I can start to seek after Him. Now it's when you and I know that there is a God in which is available, a God who can be obtained, a God who can be understood, a God who can have a relationship with us, a God who can fill that void that we always had but we didn't know how to fill. You see, you were never looking for Him, but He was always looking for you. Even when we might have looked around for Him, our sin kept us from really looking for Him. And all too often we would look in all the wrong places and try all the wrong things. But now the Savior has come to seek and to save. Psalms 27 verse 4 says, One th- thing I ask of the Lord, that is what I seek of Him, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of those who seek the Lord and rejoice. The psalmist says that once the Lord finds us, then we can seek after Him. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. Once Jesus finds us, 
then we can begin to seek out who he is and what he has for us. Jesus came seeking Zacchaeus that day and found him up in a sycamore tree. He didn't rebuke him for hiding. He didn't rebuke him for being so far away. He didn't condemn him for his sin. Rather, he extended an opportunity for friendship to Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, come down for I've got business to do with you today. I'm going to your house for lunch. Zacchaeus, the Bible tells us, welcomed him gladly into his home. Notice the the verse just goes on in verse 8 and it it, it just kind of follows suit that Zacchaeus just out of joy that he has been found, he begins to burst forth and say, Lord, um, I'm going to start giving back. Lord, I'm going to take the wealth that I've gained illegally and I'm going to help those that are in need. Lord, if I've swindled anybody, I'm going to make it right to them, but not just right, Lord. I'm going to do it fourfold. Lord, there's something. I, I watched a video one time on this, and it just really set the, the whole thing. Can you imagine Zacchaeus, this guy who was tight-fisted with his money, who, who hid it in, 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 in the cleft of the rock and, and didn't want to let it go, and now there's just something boiling up on him, and he said, i got to give it away. And he's like, what are you doing? No, you've got to give it away. No, why? Because there's something welling up in us that that realizes that that all that we've been seeking for, all the things of the world mean nothing when we find the Lord because He was looking for us. And all the things of this world mean nothing to us anymore. We give it all away because He's given us all of Him. That was Zacchaeus that day. I can just imagine him thinking, why am I saying this? Why why would I give away my money? What am I going to do about tomorrow? But just joyfully saying, Lord, I'll just give it all away. Look at at verse 9. And what does the Lord say to him? Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house. Now, he wasn't talking about his physical house. He was talking about this house. Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this house. And therefore, Zacchaeus, I have filled you with my love. Why did salvation come to Zacchaeus that day? Because Zacchaeus went out looking for it, right? Because there was a seeking Savior, the hound of heaven finally caught up to the exact place that Zacchaeus could not run from. He was stuck in a tree. Think about it. I mean, Zacchaeus could have disappeared in the crowd because what does it say about him? He was a wee little man. Zacchaeus made the mistake getting up in the tree and he couldn't get away from the Lord now what you and I might call a mistake God says I finally got you where I need you some of you like myself were running and we backed ourselves into a corner and we couldn't get away and then the Lord was there and we couldn't hide anymore we couldn't run any further 
and we had to face the Lord. Maybe today, you're like Zacchaeus. You've got yourself caught up in the tree and you can't get away and now the Lord is looking right at you. He's a seeking Savior. He's a saving Savior. But also the Son of Man came to seek and to save those that were lost. Now there's the important part that we've got to understand. He wasn't just seeking us out. He wasn't just saving us we need to understand that we're lost Jesus didn't come for the righteous but for the sinner for the lost Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God now think about our story here for a minute. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And who did he pick out of this crowd? A publican, a tax collector, the wicked among wicked, the despised among despised. Jesus didn't come seeking the righteous, the religious, the good, the proud. He came to save those that were lost. Lost means those that were perishing those that had no hope left, no sight of life. In other words, lost means it's the picture of the good shepherd searching diligently for a lost sheep until he finds it. But who are the lost sheep? We are. We are the lost sheep of his pasture. We're the lost sheep of his flock. We're the lost sheep of the world. We're the lost sheep that have fallen over the edge of the cliff. Our legs are broken. We're hungry. We're scared. We're dying. We're crying for mercy. And we're wondering, is anybody going to come and help us in our time of need? We find that we have nothing to offer God for our salvation, no merit. For Paul said, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. At least any of us should be able to boast that, God, I, I, I earned my way, I found my way, I made my way. No, only through faith in the one who paid our way. And then Paul reminds us, all of us are sinners and we've fallen short of God's glory. We are lost. And unless God saves us, we will Notice God didn't come to save those that were murmuring. Well, he's, uh, he's going to go eat at a sinner's house. Why didn't he pick one of us, the religious, the righteous? You see, God came to seek that which was lost. We need to admit our own lostness. We need to believe and repent if we're ever going to accept that God is seeking us to save us from our own sin. We need to repent as Zacchaeus did. Jesus told the Pharisees, it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I have not come for the righteous but the sinner who is called to repentance. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full assurance and acceptance 
Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief or worst of all. Your sin is never an obstacle to God's salvation. Let me just remind you as we're thinking about the cradle, I want to point back to the cross and remind you that there is no sin too great for the debt that was paid on Calvary's cross. You and I cannot sin enough that His blood cannot cleanse us enough. It's real nice to look at a baby in a manger and ooh and ah. But that baby in a manger was the same one that died on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. We were lost. We were sin-filled. We're broken. We're undone. Paul said, I'm the worst of all the sinners, and Paul dealt with some pretty wretched sinners. But yet he knew that the blood of Jesus Christ was sufficient forgive him of his sin. Let me remind you that your sin is never an obstacle to your salvation, but your pride is. If you're unwilling to acknowledge that you're a sinner, if you're unwilling to humble yourselves in the, in the presence of the Lord and repent and say, God, I know how wicked I am. If you're so proud that you say, but I'm better than so-and-so, that's an obstacle. And God needs to break the heart of the proud so they can be humbled. Zacchaeus realized that day that he was lost. I don't know if you know, but is the word or the name Zacchaeus actually means the righteous one. <laughs> Zacchaeus was not living up to his name but he was about to start. For the very first time that he realized that he, how wicked his life was and he humbled himself before the Lord. And when Jesus went to his house, the people muttered, he's gone to a house of sinners. As if, as if they were not sinners themselves. Salvation doesn't come to the self-righteous it comes to those who humble themselves and realize I am a wicked sinner and but by the grace of God I need salvation. I need a Savior that is seeking. I need a Savior that is saving. I need a Savior that understands that I am lost. I'm wicked. But instead of walking away from me, He embraces me welcomes me into his family. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that or who was lost. So as I close this morning, I want to close with three challenges. As we end a year and as we begin a new year, I want you to hear these three challenges by way of application as to what I just shared with you this morning. First, to those of you who do not know Jesus Christ as personal Savior yet, 
we celebrated his birth, and I know many people celebrated Christmas in a different way, but we celebrate his birth. The acknowledgement that God invaded the earth with a gift from heaven. But he didn't come just to seek and to save the world. He came to seek and to save you. It's personal. He wants you to know that he's looking for you. If you don't know Jesus as Savior, then truly you are lost this morning. It has been said there, there is one thing worse than being lost. It's being lost and knowing that someone is, no one is looking for you. But I want to tell you, someone's looking for you. Someone's after you. The good news is, Jesus is after you. He's looking for you. He's seeking you. And he's been doing it for a long time. And maybe today is the day that you got caught up in the tree. And you can't run. You can't hide. And you can't shy away anymore. Maybe today is the day that God is saying, Stop. Come down. For I want to go to your house today. I want to dwell in your house forever. The second challenge that I want to give you today is some of you know Christ. Some of you have known Him for a long time, but some of us have lost the fire. We've lost that fervency for Christ. You've been pulled and distracted by the world so much that we're no longer seeking the one thing. We're no longer seeking Him even though He has sought us out. Yes, you're saved, but you've lost something. You've lost your first love. Jesus came to seek and to save those that have lost something. If you've lost your first love this morning, I want you to know that God wants to give it back to you. He's not given up on you. He's not stopped seeking you. He's not stopped looking for you. He's not stopped loving you. He is in hot pursuit for you. He wants to show his love upon you. And even if it means that he has to discipline us along the way, God is not far from you. He's right on your heels. He seeks to restore our relationship with Him. Again, He's saying, stop hiding, stop running, and return to Him, and He will return to you. Thirdly, as a believer, we have been given a great commission. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So, as the Savior, Jesus still seeks the lost. He has entrusted to us the task of going out into the world and sharing the gospel with those that we know. He's entrusted with us to support our missionaries to encourage the work of the church 
to provide for the means so that we can continue to share the gospel to our neighbors, to our nation, and to our world. Are we seeking him for the same purpose that he is seeking the world? Are we seeking to tell the world that we know a Savior who is looking for them? He has come to seek and to save those that were lost. Let me remind you, someone's after you this morning. You can only run just so far. You can only hide just so long. But as the angel said, each time that they met with those around the Christmas story, I want to leave you with these words, fear not. Fear not. For it is the Lord who is looking for you. He has come to seek you, to save you, and to disciple you as a follower of Christ. All we've got to do is stop running, stop hiding, and just look to Him. For He is looking to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just pray for you this morning. Father, I come before you this morning. I ask that you would minister, Father, your grace to us and through us. Lord, I ask that, Father, that if there are those that might be here that have been running, they've been hiding, they've come to hear about you, but they really don't want to encounter you, kind of like Zacchaeus. Pray that you might find them in their sycamore tree. And you might look them in the eye and say, come down from there. For I want to live with you. Father, for those of us that are saved here this morning, and Lord, we have kind of drifted. Lord, we've been pulled in so many ways that we don't even know which ends up anymore. I pray that, Father, that you might pour afresh and anew your love into us. That we would make our vessel available again for God to fill us full. So that like Zacchaeus, we might be saying, Lord, I want to get rid of this and I want to get rid of that and I I don't need this anymore. And we might be wondering why. Because when Jesus fills us up, we don't need the stuff of this world. And then Lord, help us to go out and let our light so shine that others would see Jesus in us. Those that are hiding in the darkness might see a glimmer of hope. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we praise you today for who you are. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.